Welcome to Recovery Stories, a podcast about recovery from sexual addiction. I'm your host, Snowy Snail. I'm a husband, comic artist, student, creator, and sex addict. Much can be said about what sexual addiction is or what it means. Let's keep it simple. In our experience, we came to a point where we wanted to stop our sexual behavior. Unfortunately, we found that we couldn't stop. Pornography, masturbation, and sex became a drug, a slave driver, and a prison. We wanted freedom, we wanted serenity, we wanted peace. This is our story. This podcast is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship, though we do draw heavily from a variety of 12-step literature. Anything shared here is the opinion of the person who said it. Take what you need and leave the rest. In each episode, we will hear from real people in recovery. In order to maintain our anonymity, we may use pseudonyms. And today we have the pleasure of hearing from RJ. and yeah, RJ, we just really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And um, I'll pass it off over to you to hear about your experience and what you have to share with us today. Okay. Thank you, Spencer, for inviting me. Um, I uh, have been in my program for uh, seven, going on eight years. Um, I know that you have some questions for me. I'm, I'm happy to answer them. My sobriety is doing pretty good. I have seven years in my uh, sobriety in, in, the, in my program. Uh, and uh, what would be your first question for me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if, I guess, first of all, let's, I'd, li- I'd love to hear about kind of what life, um, what life was like before recovery and kind of what, uh, what convinced you that you uh, needed help and had a problem. Okay. Okay, I would describe um, what my addiction was like as miserable. I was miserable. Um, I uh, was uh, a student uh, and uh, I eventually got to my profession, but even in my profession, I was still uh, lusting after all the women in my office. And I masturbated, you know, uh, about them, having fantasy sex with them. And, I thought it was normal. I continued to grab for the greater, greater high. Um, I was in multiple relationships and relationships usually lasted no more than nine months. And then I'd break off and go find someone else. Uh, So that was my pattern. Uh, What convinced me that I needed help, a friend of mine was in my essay program and he invited me to a meeting. I went to the meeting, my first meeting, I was uh, scared, uh, nervous. Uh, I listened cautiously to what they were saying. Um, They told their stories, Uh, many people told their stories and I related to what they were saying. Um, I related to their obsession with lust, not sex necessarily, but lust, the force of lust. And, So I was intrigued. I wanted to learn more about this mysterious force. I thought it could help me. I knew that I needed help. And I also had a therapist at the time. And he said he recommended that I go into recovery for sex addiction. Uh, So uh, my friend and my therapist are are what uh, motivated me to to get in, plus my own sense of desperation. Nice. That's that's awesome. I know uh, I've heard other individuals 
don't always have that kind of experience with a therapist, uh, being encouraged to go into recovery. Um, so that's, that's good to, good to hear. Cause it is, it, it's dicey. Like there's a lot of different ideas about what, what sexual addiction looks like and what, um, you know, whether or not it's even a real thing or should be a concern. Um, so yeah, you, you mentioned being just how miserable you were. What, what exactly, like, what did that look like? What did that feel like in, in daily life? Well, um, I had a regular job and I would go to the job and I was doing well in the job, but, uh, in the evenings I was pretty much uh, by myself. I stayed in my apartment a lot, uh, watched TV on the computer, you know, uh, and, uh, unless I had someone in my life, unless I had a person in my life that I was, uh, focused on, uh, I wasn't happy. I, I was under the illusion that someone I would meet would make me happy. I wasn't happy. I was lonely. I was, um, I don't think I had very much self-esteem either. Um, so, um, I remember I'll tell, I'll share a, a story with you and the audience. I was in a supermarket and I had just attended a, uh, a church singles group and there were different uh, people there, male and female. And, uh, I didn't connect with anyone in particular, but I, I just decided maybe I would come back. Maybe I wouldn't. I didn't know. So I walked to the grocery store that evening and I was uh, I think I was in the fruit and vegetable section. And all of a sudden I felt the presence behind me and I looked behind me and there was a, a female that was in the in the group, in the singles group. And she had followed me to the grocery store and I turned <laughs> around and I said, I, I really I said, I said, I said, I said, hi, uh, weren't you in the singles group? And she said, she said, yeah, yeah, I was. I, I just uh, thought I would just to catch up with you to see uh, if, you know, we could chat or something. And I said, okay. And I, uh, we, we did. And, uh, you know, and uh, I remember her name and uh, I remember that we decided we would talk to each other again and I got her phone number. Well, that, that was a relationship that didn't last very long. It may be close to a year. Um, but I think that she, she was, she had her own issues too. And uh, I knew that I learned, I learned that. And I was always finding women like that who had problems. And I, I don't know, still though today, don't know what that's about, but, uh, but, uh, something, it was like a magnet. I, they'd find me, you know, I remember mm -hmm. someone said, you know, Ron, don't, don't, don't hassle too much. Don't blame yourself. You, you're like a lot of us in, 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 uh, in, in our sex addiction program. Uh, you've got a broken picker. <laughs> and I said, yeah. you know, you just totally. can't seem to pick a healthy person, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely. So um, I know for myself, when I first came into the program, uh, there was there was a period of time sort of, I don't know, of, of incubation, I guess, uh, of like, uh getting introduced to sort of a, a different way of, of thinking and living. Uh, and then my willingness to actually to do that took time and continues to take time to really set in. And, um, you know, that's something that I personally am working on all the time. Um, so what, what was that like for you? Like once you, once you, you know, after you came to your first meeting, like when, when did this become like a, Oh, I'm, I'm, I need to be here for real type thing. Like this is, this is something I need in my life. Okay. Good question, Spencer. Thanks. Um, it was actually, I think when I gave my first step away, 
Um, that was my first assignment uh, from my sponsor. So probably two or three meetings later, meaning to say two or three weeks later, I gave my first step away. Uh, everything that I had ever could re remember doing uh, in in my addiction, you know, uh, the you know, it included prostitution. It included desperation. It included uh, multiple relationships. It included uh, everything that was that was wrong in my life, uh, was connected to the disease. Um, and of course, everything that I had done, including masturbation, prostitution, visiting adult bookstores, uh, all of that other stuff. And um, yeah, so uh, I, I read my first step to the group. They commented on it. It was generically, you know, good job, you know, except one guy said, you know, you really didn't go deep enough. But I, I didn't know what he meant by that. I said, I, I, I went as deep as I, I knew how. And, uh, but uh, most people were, were pretty positive. And I remember walking out of the meeting that night. We were all walking together to the parking lot. And I remember reflecting that I belong here somehow. I belong with these gentlemen. Mm. Uh, I, I, I want to come back. I want to be with them. And it's a good thing I, I thought that because in, in, in our white book, in our, in our program, which is Sexaholics Anonymous, in our white book, it says that we get well together. It's a we process. It's not a me process. And it says that we came, we came to, we came to believe, came mm -hmm. to believe that we could get well. And um, I, I felt that, yeah, I, I belong here. And, and I just kept coming back pretty much on a weekly basis from there. That's awesome. <laughs> That's super awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I can also relate to that uh, feeling of belonging is so huge. And uh, yeah, it's like uh, another thing that the white book discusses is making the real connection, you know, <laughs> in our, in our addiction, you know, you described some of that isolation of being not, you know, physically what that looks like for us is, you know, being alone in the apartment, right. <laughs> After work. Yeah. Uh, but the spiritual and emotional isolation can be, uh, can feel a lot more severe than, than, you know, that, than one might initially think. Right. <laughs> right. And so that, that feeling of belonging can be so huge. Um, hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so along with that, like, as you, you know, it sounds like you started, you pretty much came to, you just jumped in with both feet, right. When you sort of got into the introduced to the program. Yeah, I really did. I got a sponsor. Um, and um I think what contributed to to my continued staying with the program is that my sponsor was uh, a real gentleman. Uh, we sat we sat in a coffee in a coffee shop on a weekly basis, and I met with him, and he just went over my week with me, and he wanted to know basically, well, how did you do? You're surrendering lust. You're surre every time lust comes into your life, or your head just shifts and looks at someone's body, automatically. You're going to surrender it to your higher power. And if you need to call me, you can call me, you know, if you get into problems, if you think you're going to act out in your disease, you know, through masturbation or prostitution or the other ways I acted out. Um, oh, I forgot one thing, too. I, I acted out through emotional uh, obsession. I, I, I would fall in, quote unquote, love. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it could be anybody. It didn't matter the age. It, it was just something would just light up in my head that I, and, and in my in my heart that the person that I was looking at, uh, this is someone that I need to, I, I should connect with, want to connect with. How can I do that? And so th- that's that would have be a lot of times how my obsession would start. Then it would become sexual, but usually at first it was emotional. So my my sponsor tried to tried to direct me away from that by you know go to meetings talk about your obsessions um don't date for a year he, he asked me not to date for a year I, that was like you know, starving starving you know yeah, for me for sure <laughs> right yeah but but i agreed to do it you know i agreed i trusted him and so um i agreed that i would not have coffee with women even although i really wanted to um mm. And uh, so I was pretty strung out. I wasn't feeding my addiction during that first year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would meet with my sponsor uh, and uh, he, he once told me, he said, you're addicted to women, Ron, you know, RJ, you're addicted to women. And uh, uh, I said, okay, I could wrap my head around that. I, I thought, okay, addicted to women. But later on, I came to see that he was right. I, I, I am still addicted to women. Uh, even though I've been married now for 16 years, because as a result of the the, S, the SA program, but and I love my wife, but I still get temptations, and I still have to surrender the temptations, go to meetings, talk about it, uh, and rely on my higher power to uh, to help me um, resist, because I'm powerless. That's what our first step says that we're powerless over lust. Yep, absolutely. I can relate to that big time. I. Um... It was abruptly reminded that I am still powerless over lust a few months ago after a few years of sobriety relapsed. And, uh, there was a long lead up to that, but it's just, that's it. You know, that, that fact of powerlessness has to be the, at least as far as I understand right now is like, that's the bedrock of my existence <laughs> You know, <laughs> of like I'm powerless over lust. And that's not, that's not, that's not a bad thing anymore you know it's it's it has opened the way to 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 a lot of peace and and happiness as i as you know as i as we have worked the program right it's like anyway um thanks for sharing that uh you're welcome so particularly like yeah so getting you know getting a sponsor some of the actions that we take that sounds like that you took to you know, help get and stay sober, you know, getting a sponsor, working in the steps with that sponsor, super important, um, for in my story as well. Uh, as you did that, what beliefs and attitudes have changed, uh, in your life and like the way you approach other people or the way you see yourself or a higher power or that kind of thing? Okay. Uh, good question. Thank you. Um, what what uh, a new a new experience that I've been recently having is meeting and talking to attractive women that I would have normally uh, been a, become addicted to. I don't I don't uh, the hook doesn't go all the way deep down in my throat. In fact, I can spit it out. Mm. I have the power to spit it out, um, but it's not my power. It comes from my higher power. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll give you an example. I was in a, a, a an interview with a nurse at my doctor's office, and she was very attractive. And 
although there was a potential for me to get addicted to her, I was just aware of it, but I didn't go there. It's like, um, it was like there was a, uh, a fence that if, if I wanted to, I could have jumped over the fence and, mm. and, and, and gone and just, and, and gotten deeper into her, but I didn't want to jump over that fence. And so I stayed on the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it, it was like an invisible, it was like maybe a, a glass wall and I could see what was over on the other side, but I didn't want to go there. And so I just observed her uh, charm and her beauty and her intelligence, but I didn't want to possess it. Mm. You know, I just didn't want to possess it. And that's a new feature for me. Um, I, I think it's a gift from the program. And so I'm holding on to it. And, and I, t- I, I talk to my sponsees about such experiences too, because I want to, to encourage them that they can get to a point where they're not always getting beaten up by the, the urge to go act out and however they're acting out. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's amazing. Yeah. That degree of separation is not, uh, is not how I experience life in the addiction. You know, <laughs> when I'm acting out there, there, there isn't that separation. So that's, that's a, that's what I would, I would call a miracle. You know, that's pretty cool. It felt that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then how, so in recovery and, uh, you know, how is life different now than it was before? Well, as I mentioned, I'm married. Um, it, it The marriage is a long-term relationship, longer than any other relationship that I've had, 16 years. Uh, so that's definitely different from my life before. Totally. Um, I've been honest with my wife. I'm honest with even my flirtations or my desire to flirt. Or if someone's flirting with me, I let her know about that for sure. Mm-hmm. I want her to know that I'm working my program. In mm-hmm. fact, she knows I'm I'm here with you doing this interview and this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's supportive. She says, okay, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, me and the birdies will be here. We have two parakeets. And she no said, uh, we, me we and the birdies will be here. When, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, it's no problem, Ron. She, whatever I need to do for my recovery, she's, she's for. Mm-hmm. So um, it's great to have a supportive partner. Um, and, um, I, 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 I need her trust. I, I need, I need to work for her trust. I, I need to do things that make me trustworthy to her. Um, so that's why I tell her about, uh, you know, things like what I just told you, the attractive nurse, uh, my, I didn't tell her about my wanting to jump over the wall or, or get through the, I right. don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I didn't want her to know the, the, the dicey things that, that we have to encounter in, in our lives. She doesn't need to know you know, yeah. what we're thinking and, or anything like that. Um, because what we're thinking is just insane. It's, it's, it's a result of our obsession, right? Yeah. And yeah. And you mentioned, you know, uh, just a word about, you used the word disease earlier and just uh, that's for our, our listeners who may be new to the program or, you know, this sort of jargon that we use um, our understanding of, of, a, of sexual addiction is it has a disease and like, it's, uh, you know, that's Alcoholics Anonymous discusses a allergy of the body and an, an obsession of the mind. Yeah. And there are a lot of, um, parallels that we draw between that and sexual addiction as well. So that's kind of, that's where that's coming from. I agree totally. And, uh, another thing that I can share with you in the audience is that I have peace of mind now. Mm. 
I have peace of mind now most of the time. If I'm not um, at peace at peace within myself, uh, I call someone. I, I do several calls a week. The, many of them are scheduled. Certain people that I want to talk to, uh, and we just continued our our story and our and our the recent chapter in our life, uh, maybe the past week, and what we struggle with, and how how hopefully we have been victorious. Uh, in 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 getting by lust and getting getting falling into the hole of an obsession with with someone, um, and uh, it helps me a lot to have these scheduled calls. Uh, so um, peace of mind, uh, friendships, uh, a connection to the group, uh, greater self esteem. Um, uh, someone once said in a, in an essay meeting we can show our insides. Our insides and our outsides match and we can, sh we can show who we are inside and not be afraid that anyone's gonna judge us or put us down or think badly of us, even though we may have those fears. Mm -hmm. And I, I've noticed that a lot of people you know, do in recovery who are in addiction recovery, uh, do have a, a lot of insecurities uh, about themselves. And so, um, gradually we start to just accept who we are and we believe that we will be accepted by the rest of the group. Same. I, I There's a lot of times I like come into the meeting and I don't want to be there. I just like, I have other stuff to do or whatever. I'm busy, whatever. But then mm -hmm. I'm always reminded just like, you know, I hear something that I really needed to hear and I just feel very, you know, it feels like home when I, when I mm -hmm. go to the meetings and, um, yeah, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, how, I guess, how has, has your view of your purpose changed as, you know, from before recovery to now? Like, what, what do you feel like your, I guess, do you feel like essay or recovery has helped you be at peace with the future <laughs> mm. or, or kind of like your purpose in life, I guess, <laughs> kind of an interesting yeah. question, but. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that question. Um, yes. I've given a lot of thought to what direction should my life go? And it's, I've broken it down into a day by day process, a day by day model. Um, I am retired. I don't have to work anymore. Uh, and, uh, my wife is also retired. So, um, my day is often spent, like I said, talking to other people in SA on the phone. Uh, I sponsor uh, five different gentlemen in the program, um, and I'm taking them through the steps. And um, so I, I feel that my service to them and to others is what I'm here for, is to be a servant. So um, I believe that my higher power directs me on a daily basis. Uh, begin uh, the morning turning my will and life over to the care of my higher power as as we're recommended to do uh, in the white book of uh, Sexaholics Anonymous, which is our quote unquote Bible. And so I do that in the morning and then at night, I surrender my lust and I ask that my higher power protect me from acting out uh, between when I go to bed and when I wake up. Mm -hmm. So um so it's been working now for, like I said, seven years. And, and if, uh, if I'm fortunate, then in January of 2023, I'll have eight years. Congratulations. And, um, That's huge. 
Thank you. And you know, the, the value of it is is not so much the length. The value of it is is that you get more um, of a sense of you know what you're doing, how to navigate. Like when you get a new car or any kind of new machinery, after so many weeks or so, you, you learn how where the knobs and the buttons are and, and, and how to operate it. Well, I know how to operate the program in terms of like how to manage my sobriety on a day-to-day -day basis. And I tell my sponsees, uh, forget about that you've got two days, two weeks, two years. Remember that you've only got today. Mm -hmm. And that today you work your program by surrendering your lust, being of service, doing the next right thing, and trusting your higher power to guide you and the power of the program of SA to be supplying all sorts of tools that you'll need to get through the difficult uh, spots in your life. Like, well, going back to the nurse, the attractive nurse that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. um, I, I was equipped with, suddenly I was equipped with the tools I needed to get through that hour, an hour and a half that I was with her. Mm -hmm. um, and um, funny story about that, uh, it, I, I left a book in her office and so I had to go back to get the book and I, I, I took the elevator up and, and uh, rang the bell and she opened the door and she said, I know why you're back here. You you came back here to see me, didn't you? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, she said that. And I just said, I looked at her and I, I half smiled and I said, well, maybe unconsciously, but not consciously. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm just here to get my book. And she said, oh, oh, okay. And she turned around and she went to the chair and she, she got the book. She gave it to me. And I said, well, thanks very much. And um Thanks for the interview and uh, I'll see you around. And she said, okay, <laughs> bye. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so I don't know how she knew I was attracted to her, but I guess she did, you know, <laughs> and uh, she knew she was attractive. You know, there are a lot of attractive ladies out there. Uh, and, um, but we take it to a different level, right? Yeah. It's not absolutely. just, right. You know, my previous sponsor used to always say like um, one of our sort of foundational character defects is grandiosity oh, yeah. <laughs> just blowing everything up way out of proportion <laughs> and right. just like getting way outside of reality and how yes. we perceive stuff <laughs> yes yes yes, so, yes we do we can yeah yep. i am definitely that way as well so thanks for sharing absolutely um yeah, well, uh, RJ, thank you so much for your time. I think we'll cut it off there. I want to make sure you can get to your meeting. And, oh, thank uh, you. I'm glad we connected, and and uh, I'm glad that uh, that you asked me to to join you on your show. I wish you many many good uh, fortune uh, as you as you move forward in in your in your podcast. And I look forward to to listening to it in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much, to RJ, for coming and sharing his experience strength and hope with us and of course many thanks to our listeners for your time and attention just a quick reminder uh, any attempt to contact guests uh, is inappropriate unless otherwise indicated all guest information is strictly confidential if you have comments or questions feel free to join join our community on discord you can find an invite link in the description below uh, please reach out through Discord if you or someone you know would be willing to share a story with us. Um, no matter where you are on your recovery journey, we highly recommend attending 12-step meetings and working the 12 steps with the guidance of a sponsor. 
to end the show, we'll just be sharing some selections of recovery literature. Excuse me, recovery literature. Uh, This is coming from the Sexaholics Anonymous White Book. A vision for you. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. With that, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.